You are listening to the Luke Page Podcast. In today's episode, I've got on Chris Duffy. Now, Chris recently launched a new coaching business, and he's taken this thing from zero to $200,000 in just 30 days. Now, uh, I've got Chris on to share his story on how exactly he did this. Enjoy. All right, here we go. You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast, the number one podcast specifically made for coaches. Get ready for out-of-the-box conversations from the world's leading coaches and experts. We're going to be talking all things business, health, happiness, and just being the most amazing human being that you can. Why? Well, I ask, why not? You see, we're only here once. We've got one life, so let's make this thing count. I believe that we can have it all. All the money, all the love, all the joy, all the success, all the excitement. I'm here for all of it. And if you are too, then come along with me. Let's do this. Mate, thanks for coming on, bro. I really appreciate it. No, my absolute pleasure, my man. My pleasure. Um, How are you? I'm um, I'm pretty crap, man. I've, I, I got uh, I caught gastro off, my, off our son on the weekend. And man, it was the most violent gastro i've ever had in my life man i remember it was oh. it was almost like similar to I, I got sick once in um thailand um back in the early 20s right and i remember i was yeah i was on the toilet i was shitting and spewing at the same time i remember and the gastro <laughs> oh, man ends. i was having similar stuff and but not only that but just the stomach aches you know you not normally when you go to the toilet you spew and you vomit you your stomach ache yeah. disappears. It stayed for yeah. hours and hours, and um, oh. yeah, just really, it was tough, man. And just since then, I've just been super drained, and even feeling yeah. low, like in like, not that I've never been depressed, but feelings of like yeah. just really low. So it's been a tough week, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel been, you, brother. How old's your son? Uh, he is. Um, he's sixteen months. So oh. Beautiful. Yeah, Love man. that. You, okay, have you beautiful. got a couple of kids? I've got, yeah, I've got four daughters and our youngest is 19, 20 months, something like that. 19, 20 months, yeah. I, actually, I think you um, you sent the video to me uh, when I asked you to come on the podcast and you were pushing a pram, so that must have been the one. There you go. Yeah, I was. There you go. I was pushing Noah. There mm. That's exactly right, dude. Very and good. you look like Very you good. were in some warm climate. So you're up in Queensland or something, are you? Yeah, we're at Sunshine Coast at the moment, uh, up in Noosa. I, um, nice. We've only been here for seven, seven months, I think, so far. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, was in Bali for, two, uh, for nine years before that, Dubai for two years before that, but originally from Sydney. Yeah, nice. So what makes you um, stick to the warm climates and kind of traveling that lifestyle where you're just moving around? Uh, I don't like the cold at all. The The fact that I've even got even something resembling something warm right now doesn't enthuse me with energy. Uh, I much rather summer. I, I had a friend one time, I asked him like, where do you live? And his response was summer. And I was like, that's the coolest <laughs> fucking response I've ever heard. I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to emulate that as best as I possibly can. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, and probably we'll be moving back to Bali probably at the end of this year and kind of like having that as kind of the mainstay here because anyway, we're knocking this place down, building some more places and anyway, all of that jazz. So here, yeah. there and everywhere. 
That's awesome, man. I love that you got a vest on and you live in the Sunshine Coast because here in Melbourne, I've got a T-shirt on. And I was just before this, I was sitting, uh, our, our lounge room faces east. So we get the nice yeah. morning sun. I was sitting just on the edge with the door open because normally the, the wind's so cold, but I had the door open. Mate, <laughs> the sun here in Melbourne lately has been unbelievably amazing, man. The winter's been so good. So mm. uh, I'm actually coming up nice. to um, Gold Coast on Sunday. So I know it's not... Awesome. I know that you're not in the Gold Coast, but so I call I, it the same always. stuff. All the same, mate. Once you get up past Sydney, it's like the torch is over. <laughs> Almost. It is. <laughs> it's all same, same all the way through, dude. Yeah. Totally is. Awesome, man. Mate, um, I saw your... Uh, like, like I said, I reached out to you, um, whatever it was, a week or so ago. Uh, yeah. Just happened to be scrolling on Facebook, saw your post about your awesome results that you got. Had a quick squeeze of your page, loved your message, loved your style, loved the vibe coming out of you, loved your truth, had a quick squeeze on Instagram, saw a couple of my mates following you and I'm like, all right, I'm going to follow this dude. Uh, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to get him on the podcast and hopefully he comes on because oh, I want to I find out how the hell he went from zero to 100K in 17 fucking days, which is nuts. Mm. So, um, you know, my audience are coaches. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Considering that, mind you, this is zero to 100K in a brand new coaching business. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, mate, I just wanted to... We should. I just I just checked the stats actually this morning. Yeah. We're on track and fingers crossed we should do 200K in the first 30 days of it. 200K in 30 days. So, basically... Yeah. And that's 200, U, that's 200 US dollars. This so is if US you, if you dollars. translate that to Australian dollars, that's doing 300, a bit over 300K. Basically 10 mil in Australian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> 4 billion pesos. 4 billion pesos. Um, so, if... Yeah, so 100K, 17 days, 200K in 30 days. So, you've pretty much continued the same amount of growth, haven't you, since you did that first post of doing the... 100k in seven yeah, days. Yeah, it's it stayed super consistent. Yeah. Um, and we haven't turned, we haven't hit the email list yet. We haven't got the ad manager turned on yet. He's he's about to get rocking and rolling. Uh, we haven't even launched the main offer yet either. Yeah. Um, because we're selling a three thousand dollar program at the moment. The main program is going to be twenty five thousand dollars. So we haven't even opened that up yet, and we've got a ton of interest. We kind of sprinkled some interest to kind of see, uh, to kind of like build some buzz. I've got I've got a bit of a process I use to kind of like make sure that we build a bit of buzz and get a bit of market penetration. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fingers crossed. Once we once we open that up, that should really open the floodgates up. Yeah, sick. All right, well, um, mate, I just want to uh, find out what are you doing? Uh, what are you selling? Why is that happening? And where have you come from? I um, I read that you sold a company of yours at the end of last year. So um, yeah. what was that business? We, we can go through like, yeah, I'm happy to go through like the entire kind of process of like where I came from. Let's do it. Hell yeah. uh, what I did with that company. That The other thing as well is like I had, a, had another person I was helping – he just, he sent me a message today. I was actually, I, ju- I think I just put it on Instagram before. Anyway, uh, he just did $566,000 of sales in 30 days with no ads. Um, Who is this guy, sorry? And I've got another, this was another guy I've been helping. And then I've got another partner 
Sorry, I've just, I've been flooded with really good shit coming through lately. Um, I've got another partner that's just gotten to a million dollar profit per quarter. Um, so that's all sick. in the coaching space. Mm. Um, and I think it's I think what I would love to really point to, at least help people with, is understanding that it's like it's not just a a one not just a one trick pony. Do you know what I mean? Where different they're all in different markets. Uh, they're all selling slightly different things, but essentially the fundamentals, the the, the first principles, are mm. applicable to all of us as we go through this process. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, yeah. I went through such a process of trying to fucking figure this shit out and doing a horrible job for so long, mm-hmm. to then finally being able to figure out what it is. And are you saying in the coaching space, or this is completely new? You've never been in the coaching space before. No, this is all the coaching space. So yeah. I um, I have been always in the coaching space. I've helped some e-com stuff, but I didn't love it. And I kind of, I rather, I rather sell thin air, if I could be perfectly honest. I'm really good at yep. selling thin air. <laughs> uh, so I, I was like, all right, I'm just going to stick to that. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Okay, so where do we start with this? Where did you want to start? Um, well, start wherever you want, but if you want to go into kind of like Genesis story and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Like we can, we can peel back that and then you just, you pepper me with questions and pull out whatever it is you want. Mm. I'll share with whatever I can. Um, a lot of the stuff like, uh, with partners, for example, I can't share like super specifics just because there's uh, confidentiality and stuff like that, but I can share kind of like all the strategies and shit like that that we're doing with it. Cool. All right. So how long have you, when did you first get into the coaching industry? Uh, so I first became a personal trainer when I was 18 years old. Uh, that would have been me going really into doing the, the coaching space. I ran a personal training business in Sydney uh, for quite a few years. I built it into a bit of an agency where I had other personal trainers working for me. I then really was burning out to be perfectly honest. Like I was doing what I call the, the time for money trap, which was essentially I was just doing seeing clients per hours and getting paid on a, an hourly basis of me having to rock up and be there face to face with the client. Yeah. Um, we found out my wife was pregnant with our first child. And then three days later, uh, we actually, I got a introduction and an opportunity to move to Dubai to start a new business. Um, I quickly decided yes. Uh, So when my wife was six months pregnant, I sold my house, car, gave all my clients away, uh, jumped on a plane, moved to Dubai to start a fitness business there in the hopes of creating a new life for, for this new family that I was creating and really trying to create something where I had more freedom was able to earn more money, do more work that I loved, you I mean help more people because I just felt stuck in kind mm. of the the situation that I was in. Uh, yeah. slept on the couch for 3 months, got the business up and running, uh, flew back to Sydney. My wife gave birth to our first daughter Arlo because I now have four daughters now. Um, so your wife didn't head over to Dubai. Sorry, your wife didn't go to Dubai with you? No, so it was just me. I went there by myself and I had 3 months to get everything up and running. So I just I worked my tail off to yep. get everything up and running. Like there was there was no option of me not being able to make that happen. Do you know what I mean? Like I was going mm. to make it happen or die. It was literally How long ago was this? on the table. How long ago was this? Uh, that was 
back in 2013, okay, so 2012. Yeah, 11, 11 odd years ago. Um, okay, so yeah. quickly talking about you, what you said there, that you, you were going to make this work or die. Um, what a leverage mm. to have. What a leverage to have. Um, what was it making you to have that leverage as in that attitude, okay, I'm going to make this work or die? Like, why were you feeling that way? Honestly, it was my ego. Like, I, 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 I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I made such... I, I burnt my ships, to be perfectly honest. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. literally doing such drastic things. I burnt my ships behind me. And I was like, I have to make this happen because I have a child coming on the way. I have my wife to take care of. Uh, and I want to be the man that I'm proud to be on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And so it was very much do whatever he, do it. Like, and I, I remember very clearly being just utterly exhausted, sleeping on the couch and like putting my head down and having to wake up at 4am the next day to get rocking and rolling and get back into it. And I was more than happy to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, mm. I was happy doing it. Mm. Um, and just going through that process which was great because I think being able to go through tough times, there very much is a silver lining because for me, it's about then how do I see myself? What's the identity that I'm crafting? What's the story that I'm telling myself as I go through this process? Because I think that's key and fundamental to absolutely everything. It's the way we perceive the world. It's the way we actually have our beliefs and perceptions and our character traits set up to then show up to do what it is that we need to do to achieve what it is that we want to be able to achieve. Mm. And so I take that moment as like an anchor point of me being able to go, you know what? I can eat glass. I can bleed through the forehead and I can do what I need to get done. (laughs) However, I will say... uh, if we had to like conceptualize that, that's very much like a warrior archetype, right? It's yeah. kind of like, and I've said this to mentors before. I was like, point me in the direction that I need to go through and I will run through walls and I will make that happen. It only gets you so far. And I made a big mistake of holding onto that identity and that warrior archetype for far too long. And that got me to hit plateaus and not be able to succeed as fast as I would uh, or I'd like to. Like I'm, I'm so happy in this position now and what I'm doing and everything that has, do you know what I mean? Being able to unfold, but I think it could have been a hell of a lot faster and goddamn a hell of a lot easier and more enjoyable if I did let go of that kind of like, I will eat glass, eat shit mentality Um, because it doesn't need to be that way. So there's a time and place for it as well, Luke. Hey, just want to quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I've put together. It's called the three steps to get to 10K a month as a coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month and you want to know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably want to check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to www.lukepage.com.au forward slash 10k i'm gonna pop that link in the show notes but anyway let's get back to the episode now burning the boats um like you did 11 odd years ago do you reckon do you 
do you recommend that is what everyone really needs to do? Is that for everyone or only particular yeah. people? No, it's a great question. So let me give some more context to this. So I burnt my boats when I moved from Sydney to Dubai. Two years after that, I burnt out again running uh, Domina Fitness Business in Dubai. And that's when I first found online business. And that's when I was like, this is what I want to do. I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, what's the steps forward from here? And for me, it was very much a case of I had to burn my boats again. I And then that was the move from Dubai to Bali, right? <laughs> and we thought we were only going to live in Bali for a year. It ended up becoming nine plus years. Like we, we still have properties over there. Do you know what I mean? We still come back and forth. We still spend time there. And so mm-hmm. I burnt my boats very clearly twice before. For me, that was the right decision, I believe. I do not mm-hmm. believe it's the right decision for everyone that needs to be able to do things moving forward. So there is a certain context of who am I, what's the situation I am in, and where do I want to go? There's probably those three things. Like if I draw a diagram of a triangle, there's probably those three factors that come into the decision-making process of how to actually make this happen. So for me, I think it was the right thing because I'm very thankful to where it got me to today. However, I have had this conversation, Luke, with other people and my advice from looking from the outside in is like, you know what? I probably wouldn't burn my boats in this situation and maybe there is a way where you can kind of gradually have stepping stones. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe you don't have to fully let go of one vine to grab hold of the next. So it's a great question, Luke. However, I think in most cases there's the, it depends and it Mm. depends on who's the person, what's the context they're in and where is it they want to go. Gotcha. Now, when you were burning the, when you did burn the boats both those times, are you in a, what's your state of mind? Are you in a state of, okay, you're, you're anxious because you're like, shit, you know, this is, i got to make this work. Or you're like, your belief is so high. Like, are you more in a state of anxiety or are you like, your belief is so high or it's like, I can't not make this work. Like this is, I'm so certain it's going to work. Uh, okay. Good question. There's a lot going on. Um, when you kind of unpack this stuff, I think the first thing is, there is a certain level of delusion that we all have to have, right? Uh, There is a certain level of the right amount of delusion that gets us to where it is that we need to go because we kind of need to see reality a little bit differently to how it actually is, right? Mm. And so there is the factor of I'm shitting my... Okay, so when I was on the plane going from Sydney to Dubai, I knew one person on the other side, right? And... About it's about a fourteen-hour flight from Sydney to Dubai, yeah. And about halfway in the flight, it just dawns upon me, right? Like <laughs> what the fuck my, am I doing? My old man, yeah. My dad thought I was joking until pretty much the day before I left, right? And like it was such a drastic, neck-jarring change. And halfway on this flight, it just hit me. I was like, "Holy shit!" I only know one person on the other side. God forbid, hopefully he rocks up and he's actually there to get me because I have no idea what's going on. Do you know what I mean? I've sold my house, my car. Like I've got no business pretty much going back to anymore. Holy shit. 
And I just start crying my eyes out on the plane. Like mm. I'm, I felt so sorry for the lady sitting next to me, but I'm quietly like sobbing, like mm. sobbing. And I collected myself, like I gathered my shit and kind of like put it back inside myself and was like, all right, um, it's time to show up, Chris. It's time to do it. Like I had to self-coach myself through it. And I had to like, or like I had to create a uh, subject object relationship with myself to be able to actually kind of like walk myself through it. And so there was definitely an element of I'm shitting myself and what have I gotten myself into? And all right, it's time to step up. It's time to show up and it's time to get the work done. And that's been something that's followed through very often where it's like, okay, it's time to make this drastic change. It happened when, again, when we went from Dubai to Bali, um, it happened again multiple times. It happened again at the end of last year when I sold my company and I was like, all right, it's time for it's time for a chapter change in my life. What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? All of those kind of things. Mm. How can we... Um... How, if I can ask, was your, when 10, 11 years ago with, were you married at the time? Did you say? Yes. Yes. How did your wife handle you doing all this? Cause I, I think about, um, you know, in my, the dynamic between my wife and I, I'm the, I'm the risk taker. I'm the, the uncertain one. Uh, I'm the one that is the future thinker. She's the opposite. She's the hold on to money, play it safe. Um, she's come from an upbringing where uh, her parents were very volatile financially and things like that. So she's very scarred from that. And it has caused a lot of shit and stress between our relationship um, because I'm like, hey, baby, I'm, you know, we're leading this thing. This is our future and this is what we're going to do. And we've, come, we've both come from when we first got together. We come from high-paying jobs. And when we start yeah. the business, you know how it is. You kind of let that go and then your finances get tightened up. So that caused a lot of crap. How did you go with your wife? Was she was she similar to my wife, or did she, you know, was she um, completely all in and supportive and like okay with it, the uncertainty and stuff? How'd she go? My wife Lauren is one of the most incredible women on this earth for sure, and I am so thankful that she supports me and sees me and believes in me because I've done some crazy shit over the time. And that was one of it. Like, so for example, mm. um, I remember really clearly sitting in Manly in Sydney. And so three days before we found out she was pregnant, um, this was completely unplanned. Uh, we were 24, 25 at the time. I don't know. something. So, so I was like fairly young. Mm. Um, and then I get this email with the opportunity to, to move to Dubai. And I remember my wife, Lauren, she was sitting in the lounge room. So she was in another room and I yell out to her. I'm like, Loz. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you want to move to Dubai? <laughs> yeah. She says back. And I just wrote back the email. I was like, yep, yeah, super interested. Let's like, let's jump on a call and have a chat. Right. Let's have a Skype call <laughs> back in the days of Skype. Skype. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> She, she's been, she definitely isn't the kind of like risk taking, um, like entrepreneurial kind of like drive that I have, but I think it's fantastic. But she also very much has the ability to see and feel into things and to be like, 
yeah, that's the right thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's go for it. So mm. I definitely use her as a sounding board as well to be able to be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Like, how do you feel about it? So we talk through a lot of things and it's not like, I never go for permission. I'm always looking for how do you feel about this so we can make a decision together mm. if it's a decision that needs to be made together. Yeah. Um, and it, it like it reminds me of this quote that I, I come back to really, really often, which is, if too many people believe in you, your idea is not good enough. Success as an entrepreneur means you need the right level, the appropriate level of delusion, some, but not too much. You need the tenacity of a freight train when pursuing the idea, while simultaneously the ability to turn on a dime as soon as good evidence is to the contrary. And I love that so much because it's, you need the right level of delusion because you have to see the world differently. You have to see the world mm. differently. That's that's a part of the context of being able to do what it is that we need to be able to do. That's why I'm able to create the results that I'm able to create right now because I'm just, I'm perceiving and seeing the world in a different way. But you need to be able to then be like the freight train. But at the same time, when evidence comes up, you need to be able to make and change and pivot and go into a different direction. Because if you just, do you know what I mean? If you're running west looking for a sunrise, mate, I don't care how fast or hard you're running, you ain't going to get there. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just heading in the wrong direction. And so for me, it's the case of my wife and I together are able to make these decisions and do the things that we're able to do. Like really recently we sat down and we kind of mapped out the next few years as the life that we wanted to live. And a lot of people would be like, that's absolutely crazy. What the hell are you thinking? But we're like, no, this feels really good to us. Let's do this. And we're extremely aligned. Um, Also speaking to this as well, Luke, like Mm. with marriage and the relationship, um, what's been really beautiful, like we've been married for a bit over 11 years now is I think the importance of us coming together and seeing each other for who we are now in this moment. Do you know what I mean? Like she sees me for the man who I am today. I see her for the woman and the queen that she is today. And to be able to continually choose each other as we go through this process as well, because that affects the decision making and what it is that we do when it comes to businesses and stuff like that as well. Mm. That's really beautiful, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's to have something like that is um, because it's you're not just building a business and whether you're male or female, um, you know, your partner's your business partner because uh, they're either in or they're not or they're, I mean, they're going to be with you. So having someone that, you know, you're in the same team is, is huge. Okay, so you've gone from, yes. um, you've done the Dubai thing, you've moved to, to Bali. Um, what was going on in Bali? Like, was it a completely different business had you shifted did we continue building the same business <laughs> like what was going on there yeah it's a great question so the whole concept was i was starting an online fitness business i was a physique coach back then so i would coach people for to mean to uh on stages for photo shoots for movies for all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. to mean getting people in great condition um i started the online fitness business to do that with online coaching uh, and so that was the idea is like, all right, we can live anywhere in the world. Uh, where do we want to live now? 
and we chose Bali as that initial option. And I was getting the online fitness business up and running. Uh, And after a little while, I had a lot of other personal trainers reaching out to me because they were like, hey, I saw you in Sydney and then you're in Dubai, but and now you're in Bali. Like, how the hell are you doing that? Do you know what I mean? Like, and this is back in 2014. Um, yeah. And so people were like, completely like, how, how are you doing what you're doing? And so mm. I was then just like helping other personal trainers do it and kind of like giving some advice. And then I was actually doing a seminar tour, uh, teaching physique coaching around Australia. And then I found I was having a lot more conversations about helping personal trainers build their own business, especially build their online business, uh, than the physique coaching thing. Mm. And then I found myself actually falling more in love with business than fitness. Like I saw the impact that I could make with someone helping them create, do you mean more financial freedom and the positive changes in their world from having a thriving business compared to like helping someone with their fitness. I just, I got more good feels out of it. Yeah. And then I, uh, I really, I remember really clearly, I, I was running the online fitness business. I had a supplement uh, company as well. And I was selling a supplement uh, through retail in Australia. And then I was helping uh, personal trainers build their business. And I was sitting down with a mentor one day. God love him. Taki Moore is a good friend today mm. still. I've and, done Taki's uh, course. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So yeah, mm. I lit- I went for a big, beautiful walk with Taki and Kira Marie yesterday morning. Oh, and, uh, and he said to me, he's like, dude, you, you can't, you can't go after all these different things. Choose one and go for it. And we had a, we had a discussion and after talking, he was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to do the business coaching. I'm going to help personal trainers build their business. Um, so anyway, one, two, skip a few. That turned into the company that I sold at the end of last year. So I went through a, do you mean a great few years doing that? That was amazing. Learned so much. But then I got to a point where it, I felt out of alignment again. Like it just, it just didn't feel right. I, I wasn't happy that kind of like feeling inside of me was getting stronger and stronger as in like, hey, this, is, this, this doesn't feel right. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just had this epiphany one day where I was like, I want to be more. I don't want to have more. And then that was the first thought that I had that was like, all right, I want to sell this company. I had, I had a lot of people tell me I couldn't sell a coaching company because it was such a rare thing. People were like, you can't sell a coaching company. Like, you're the face of the business mm, and like how yeah. do you sell a coaching business and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So anyway, um, I very happily proved that concept wrong, uh, had a really great successful exit. And then at the start of this year, decided to go into more of a partnership model where I go behind the scenes now with other coaches and influencers um, and I work my magic to help grow their business. And so I take minority equity into these businesses mm-hmm. and we kind of do our fun and games to kind of grow their businesses from here. So cool. Um, so a couple of questions I had coming up. What was the first one? The first one was how has the coaching industry, the online coaching space, because the you know if you had taken on, uh, was it 10 odd years ago, you, were doing, you started doing the help in the online scene. Um, how's it changed? Uh, when would have that been? That would have been, yeah, like I would have started the online fitness business nine years ago now and I reckon I would have started 
helping from, let's say, eight years ago, probably right. from now. How's it changed eight years ago from now? Oof, a lot. Um, in great ways, in great beautiful ways. And it's constantly changing as well. Um, mm. I also help coach a lot of coaches uh, between one to 10 million a year at the moment. And so I get a, I get a lot of data. I, I have a lot of great conversations. Like I had these great coaches running great successful businesses book into my calendar every single week for me to help dissect and help them kind of like break through their bottlenecks and kind of like keep them growing. Yep. Um, I then work with my partners then like deep diving into like exactly what's happening. So I get to see it like a landscape of like what's happening with coaching as an industry on a kind of a meta level. And it's really interesting, like what's working and what's not working and then being able to apply those things. So much of it today, I believe is about ensuring that you have a very clear promise that you can make to the marketplace. Number one, Number two, you can articulate that promise in a very differentiated way to what everyone else is doing and being able to do it in a way where you are the person that they want to be able to be led by. And then third, you're goddamn amazing at delivering on that promise. And like, I mean, goddamn amazing at it. So especially if I'm talking to, let's say a coach, and let's say they're under the twenty to 30,000 a month mark, right? At that type of level, the main issue is you haven't found a promise that you can make to the marketplace and have a sustainable selling system behind it. That's basically the premise of it, right? Yeah. Um, because the way that I see it, businesses usually change in one, threes, and tens, right? So a hundred grand a year, 300 grand a year, 1 million a year, uh, or like a hundred grand a month, 300 grand a month, 1 million a month, and then onwards and upwards from there, right? So these are like these milestones that really happen, uh, especially with a coaching business as they sort of grow. So there's just like different problems and then there's different things to focus on. So back then, dude, I was selling eBooks do you know what I mean? Through PayPal back then. Do you know what I mean? Like this, like it was like, it was like, (laughs) I I remember still being able to get like the cha-ching noise from my PayPal app. Like that was (laughs) when I first started selling something online. Like my very first like launch, I remember driving in Dubai and we're going out for lunch. And I remember my phone going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And me just being like, holy shit. I'm going out for lunch and I'm making money right now from something I did before. Yeah. I, dude, I probably made 50 bucks, mm, right? Mm. I was losing my shit. I was like, <laughs> this is the best thing in this entire world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, And that's the thing, like we're sharing about some of my uh, partner's recent wins recently. Like, do you know what I mean? Like doing hundreds of thousand dollars a month in multiple, multiple businesses. Yeah. I still don't think I get the good feels like I did back then having 50 bucks through PayPal. Oh, that's so cool. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. that, that, was, that was the mind blow for me. Yeah. Um, would you say it's easier or harder to build? I mean, in your, your field that it has been, we'll just stick to the online um, PTs. Easier or harder to build an online PT business back 
when you kind of was were first doing it or first teaching it compared to now? And why? Oh, I, I reckon I'm obviously biased, but I think it's a hell of a load lot easier to do it now. Um, yep. One reason why it's easier, the market has caught up. People know that they want coaching through, do you mean a, uh, an online means that yep. way? Mm-hmm. Back then, it was not... Like I was selling online coaching and people did not know what online coaching like, what? was. That was the basis of it. You, right? What? You, online? You teach me how to get yeah. fit online? How? <laughs> they, it was not a thing. Mm. Like it was like you had to educate someone through it. So you don't have to do that anymore. So it's a hell of a lot easier that way. Secondly, it's a hell of a lot easier because your ability to get the message out uh, is just so much easier. Number three, it's so much easier because all of the platforms and systems to be able to actually get it up and running mm. are just so easily and accessible today as well. So I think it's a ton load more easier. I understand there'll be some people being like, oh, but the market is saturated, Chris. There's every, I mean, Tom, Dick and Harry and his dog is currently trying to do it. Yes, I understand that, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing because- when you're really good and when you can deliver on your promise uh, and when you can follow some basic principles, cream will rise to the top. Mm. Beautiful. So, okay. So we've, I had one more question and it's gone. It might come back to me, but um, so we've sold good. that. Oh, that was it. That was it. Yes. You said about selling the coaching business because I've always thought this, how the hell do you sell a coaching business when you are the face of the business now how much to an extent were you the face of your business if you can if does that make sense yep that makes great sense yeah so at the beginning it was the chris show do you know what i mean it was me doing everything uh i was the face of the business uh and people were essentially coming on board and signing up and doing that because of me um and over the iterations, do you know what I mean? I, I built a team. Then there, there was a, there was a sales team. There was then there was coaches on board. There was administrator. Like I built an entire team. I was still the face of the business. I was still the one in front of the camera, shooting the ads, shooting the YouTube, doing the podcast, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I had a discussion with a mentor, and I kind of said, I was like, I think I want to sell this business because. I'm feeling like I know what I want to do after this. Like I don't, I don't want to do this forever. Like I think there's a timeline on these ventures and these projects and the, these things we want to do. Mm. I was, I, I felt, I think I had the awareness of like, I'm outgrowing this. Like I'm just changing and I don't want to continue on with this. Yeah. Uh, and he said to me, uh, if you want to sell your business, every decision that you must, that you make from today must have that in consideration in in moving forward to that. How long was okay. the period from when um, you started making those changes to when you sold? That's a really good question because I think there's two parts that Luke. Mm. I think there was one part when I first said it, right? Yeah. But I think there was a second part when I actually believed that I was actually going to make it happen. Mm. I think they're two different things. Mm-hmm. I think when I first said, I was like, yeah, I think I want to sell this business. It's saying it, but it's not having that belief and conviction behind it. Then there was a little bit of time until like, I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm all about this. Let's make this happen. Um, from the second part, mm-hmm. 
I think it took 10 months until I sold um, because it, I was going through the process. And what really happened was um, I was flying my head coach out from the US. He was in the US and I was in Bali and I was like, hey, I'll bring you out to Bali. I'll pay for you, Dameen, accommodation, the whole thing. Let's be together working. And I was like, I was moving him kind of like, be like, all right, you go into like the CEO role. I'm probably going to go into more of a, like a chairman kind of situation, Mm -hmm. but I was still the face of the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had a videographer booked and we were actually going to this cafe to shoot some ads. And it was really interesting because I was on the bike, I was on a motorbike riding off to this cafe about to shoot um, some ads. And I just had the epiphany. I was like, I'm, I'm not shooting the ads. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting in front of the camera. This <laughs> yeah. is not me anymore. Mm. And I got there and I was like, dude, you're in front of the camera, not me. And <laughs> that was, yeah, it was, dude, it was, it was mind blowing to me because suddenly I was now sitting down, drinking a coffee, kind of directing what was going on, but there was the videographer and everything was getting shot and it was not me. Mm. Uh, so then it was a process of being able to go, right, there's three main hats I have to get myself out of. One is the face of the content. Yep. Two is going to be like a lot of the marketing and how the marketing strategy and execution is done. And then three, the coaching side of things. And so then I just went through the process of just like replacing myself. So literally, like it's a really easy concept. Draw out your org chart, do you mean? And you're probably going to have tons of your name all over the place. One by one, replace yourself, right? Mm. And go through the actual process of replacing yourself. Yeah. And then soon after that, um, we were on a team meeting. And I remember that there was clients getting sold. So there was clients that were seeing top of funnel marketing content going through the sales process, getting sold and getting coached. And they didn't have one touch point with me and they didn't even really know who I was. And Interesting. that was the, oh shit, I think I've done it. Like, mm. I, I, I think I've actually done this thing. Like, this is absolutely crazy. <laughs> and then it was a soon process of going through everything to then obviously doing, being able to sell the business. Yeah, I mean, there's so many questions coming up and I know we've got, um, you know, we're not going to be able to be here forever. Um, and I do want to get to like your existing bloody coaching business. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's kind of, let's just quickly, a couple more things on this point and we'll move on. So yeah. did you, first thing was, was the head coach just become the face of the business? Was it, was it him? And was it a clip? Was it a, a straight cut or was it a gradual process? Meaning that maybe you're doing, say for example, you, you're doing five videos a week and it went down to doing, you know, you're doing three and two and you slowly, you know, transitioned it that way. Did you actually physically tell your clients? Did you tell your audience that like your plans, like what, what all happened there? It was definitely a, um, a scale of like, all right, I'm doing less, you're doing more in marketing and in the coaching side of things. So the first thing that I did was actually take myself out of the coaching. And so I had, I had great other coaches on board. Every single one of my coaches and team members or like main team members were all past clients. 
Mm-hmm. That was one thing that was just like very pivotal, right? Mm. So they were actually all past clients of mine that were now team members. Right. So the coaching, I just took myself out of the call. So I was like, all right, I'm not doing that call anymore. You're going to do that call. I'm not doing that call. You're going to do that call. And so I slowly had a transition out. Then I was down to doing one call a month uh, with the members. And then I took myself out of that and no one blew up, right? No, like there was no huff and puff or anything problem wise when it came to members being like, where's Chris? Like, I just don't even think they really realized to be perfectly honest because we were always like, it's not about Chris. It's about you following the process and here's the process and the team helping you follow the process. Mm, right. Yeah. Uh, then when it came to the marketing side of things, it was just like, all right, you shoot these ones. Everything turned out really good. Great. Then we did a lot of content with like the two of us. So then there was Josh and I doing the content together. So the, I kind of saw it like an authority handover. Do you know what I mean? So it was like me passing the baton to him and then him being able to run with it. And he like he's amazing. Do you know what I mean? And that was the thing. It was like me being able to get him up to speed and have him built as the person he needed to be to be able to run what was needed from there. Mm-hmm. That was obviously a very much like a leadership role that I needed to then step into and really make sure I mastered because I had actually Alex Shafran, a great mentor and friend of mine. We were talking about it when I was going through the process of like wanting to sell the business. And he said to me, he goes, Chris, yes, you can sell the business, but you will continue to do the same thing even in other businesses and that's when I had an epiphany. I was like, oh, I don't build businesses. I build the people that build the businesses. Mm. And so then it became, it was just this interesting framing in my head mm-hmm. that clicked, which was, oh, I'm now the person that needs to get these other people to who they need to be. So then the business grows that way. It's not me doing the heavy lifting anymore. Yep, yep. So that's the that was like the big breakthrough as you go into this next business. Initially, it was like, hey, it's me, it's all on me. To now, it's like, well, yep. no, nah, I've got to get the people to do it. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so 100%. Um, sweet, man. So you've sold that business and here it is. What brings us to the present moment? You've started this new business. What is it? Who are you helping? Uh, so... Really at the moment, it's hilarious because someone asked me just a couple of days ago, like, Chris, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I don't know how to say it. It's hilarious. Like, I can't put it into a nutshell. Yep. Some of my partners call me their chief growth officer. Um, I I had to actually put on an invoice uh, a couple of days ago what it was. I said I called myself the chief rainmaker. <laughs> yep. um, anyway, in, in a nutshell, though, I I work with coaches and influencers and I come behind the scenes to essentially kind of operate like a fractional CEO where essentially I run the strategy and the processes behind what's needed to grow the business. Um, And it's not just in one area, it's in all departments. It's in the marketing department, the advertising, the sales department, the coaching, operations, the whole thing. So I really go in to just make sure everything's humming along Um, and growing the way that it needs to hum. Very importantly, so that I can put the founder in their zone of genius. That's one of the biggest aspects of this is like, hey, I need you in your zone of genius and doing what you need to be able to do. And very typically, that's them creating IP and doing the content side of things. 
so the rest of it, I can make sure the business is just seamless and working like clockwork so that then we can continue to focus on really growing the business. Now, this new um, this new coaching business that you've started up, is it mainly you doing the coaching at the moment? Are you just staying that or have you already started getting coaches on board? Yeah, no. So in this, what I call a partnership model mm-hmm. is it's just me. Yep. Like my business, so it was funny because I didn't know what to call my business, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had to actually, when I was setting up a, a the corporation, the company for it and everything like that, I actually called it Neti Neti, uh, which is Sanskrit for not this, not that, because I didn't know what the hell to call it at the end of the day, yeah, right? right. Yep. And so it's just me. I only have two team members on board. Mm-hmm. One team member that takes care of tech stuff and I've got a media manager that's it. Yep. Um, so when I go into the businesses, I'm not coaching necessarily. I'll be working alongside the owner, the founder, the CEO, uh, and even the leadership team. I'll be working alongside them, doing what I need to do, leading them in the capacity that I need to see fit, mm. and then doing it that way. So it's very much a business partnership going together, but I'm not like jumping on coaching calls or any of that sort of stuff. And what size of the companies been so far that you've taken on? Are they similar in size or have they been a little bit all over the place? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it has varied quite a bit. Now that I see like I've really zoned it in and typically it's between one to six million a year that they're doing mm-hmm. that I kind of come in and be able to like tear them through to be able to get up and running. Um, the lower level businesses that I've helped just struggle because they might not have the infrastructure or essentially the leader isn't developed into the person they need to be to then get the business growing. Mm. Right. And so there's, there's like a, there's an extra kind of growth phase that needs to happen on a personal development side for Mm -hmm. what needs to happen there. Yeah. So it has had quite a bit of range, but I would actually say it's between one to six mil a year at the moment. That's the sweet spot. Beautiful. And then how did you get these, these clients, mate? Well, that's a brilliant question, Luke, because uh, this is probably one of the first public times I've really opened up and talked about this. I've dabbled a little bit in other podcast interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. I've never publicly said what I'm doing. I've never, there is no, sales page there is no application funnel there is n- i've not done any of that to get to this point um it's all come through word of mouth and people kind of hearing things on the grapevine and then kind of like reaching out mm. and to be perfectly honest it's me sh- just being blatantly sharing online through my youtube and through my podcast yep. uh what i'm doing behind these businesses because then other people hear and go oh this is the results Chris is bringing in in these other businesses. And then they'll find some way to contact me and then try and start a conversation and then kind of go from there. Hey, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date because we release a new podcast every single week. And if you're getting value out of this, then share it. Share it with the world. Share it with someone that you know that would also benefit from it. And hey, tag us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page and we'll give you a shout out for the support. Thank you so much. Let's get back into this. So it's almost like you've been doing this for 
how long, 11 or so years, you've, you know, you've started all the way back from where you burnt the, burnt the boats, mate, going to Dubai. Then you've gone to Bali um, and you've gone on and sold that online PT business. So you've gone from initially teaching people with their, how to build their physique to building online PT businesses, learned a ton of shit along the way. And then mm. now you're almost like you're equipped to be helping these businesses. And it's, it's, do you feel that the, the people that you're helping now is almost like who you needed to be helped maybe a few years before that, if that makes sense? Like you needed you a few years before you sold your business or a year or so before you sold your online PT business. This is, this is the secret. I've only ever helped people I previously needed. I was super overweight when I was a teenager, right? Mm. I learned to lose the weight. I became a personal trainer because I wanted to help other people go through that physical transformation. I ran a really crappy personal training business. I learned to run a good personal training business. I then started to help other personal trainers build their business, right? Then it was like, I've gone through these constant evolutions I became like, I was someone that I didn't like. I didn't love myself. I didn't feel worthy. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't running a business that could give true freedom, like external freedom and internal freedom. Now I'm going through that process of helping other people go through that as well. So it's it's great that you picked that up, Luke, because it's exactly right. Um, that's what it is. Like I've only ever really helped people once I've gone through something I figured something out. I simply want to try and leave and put something down so other people can pick up and be able to use for themselves. Mm. Well, it's been a seriously awesome chat, yeah, like so insightful. Is there anything that um, you haven't mentioned that you feel that we need to hear? I think it's really funny. I think initially when you reached out saying uh, what you wanted us to chat about, we haven't touched on any of this, Nothing. The, any, any of this strategical tactical stuff. So yeah. we probably need a round two to kind of go into like the actual, like how do we get half a million dollars of sales? Do you know what I mean? In less than 30 days, how do we get a business from zero to a million in 63 days? I then broke that record. I then got a business uh, from zero to 100k in 17 days and we should break the 200k in the first month of it as well uh another partner just broke a record of being able to hit a million dollar profit per quarter so every 90 days million dollars after expenses in his back pocket um so good all of that stuff do you know what i mean like and i think that's all well and good and we can definitely touch on that another day but i think the main thing i want to lay down in my hopes when people uh, listen and hear this, uh, I think is really just a case of you can go and have what you want to have if you are prepared to do the work and on yourself and to be able to follow through with what it is that you need to be able to do. Nothing that I have done is special. Nothing that I have done is like, I mean, Anything spectacular. I really don't believe that. I don't think I'm anyone special or like, I mean, a special snowflake or anything like that. I think a big case of it is just you can do what it is you need to do if you are prepared to do the work on yourself and to prepare to do the work to actually get there. Like, that's it. And that's why I use fitness as a great analogy. Do you mean? 
people say, oh, Chris, you're in such great shape. How do I get in shape like you? I'm like, don't miss a workout for 10 years. Then come back to me and ask a question. Mm. Start with that. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's as simple as that. Simple as that, mate. Uh, anyone listening, they want to find you. So, uh, where's the best place? Uh, best place to go would be the Christopher Dufay podcast. That's where I lay down everything I possibly can. I've got a bunch of new stuff coming out there. Where what I'm doing in all the businesses and everything like that, I'm just like literally laying out for everyone to be able to use. So I literally have nothing to sell, and so I'm just giving it all away. <laughs> Mate, Chris, thanks for coming on, bro. I appreciate you, Luke. Thank you, brother. Hey there, I hope you loved today's episode. If you did, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on the platform that you're listening to this on right now. You see, your help and support allows us to spread this podcast across the world, and we can't do it without you. Apart from that, make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page.